Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Kingdom Rock Radio. Now, here's a sample of today's program. Instead of allowing himself to have a pity party and agree with what the enemy was saying, he decided that that moment right there, whether he was sitting under a tree or sitting in his tent, he decided right there, I'm not going to let your negative words or the situation, not even the smell of smoke and char around me, I'm not going to let all this stuff get to me. He became resolute. Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear the message entitled, Get Up! It's time to rise up above the circumstance, above the situation, and see the glory of God revealed in your life. But first, you must get up. So today, I pray you are richly encouraged by the Word of God as it comes forth today. By the way, don't forget to join us on our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. You can find more messages like this one and so much more. As a matter of fact, you can download the Kingdom Rock app and get all the messages and sermons on the go. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and become our friend on Facebook. We'd be glad to connect with you. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Get Up! Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Welcome to all of our visitors today. Want a uh, special welcome there to uh, Pastor Pastor West and his lovely wife, First Lady West. God bless you. Thank you guys for being here today. Uh, for all of you here today, praise Jesus. All right, First Samuel the thirtieth chapter. First Samuel thirty. We're going to start here today. This will probably probably be, I don't know, maybe three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten parts. I don't know. We'll just have to see, Robbie. We'll just have to see. I have no clue. But God is just revealing this so much. It is just flat out awesome. Just flat out awesome. So I'm going to read to you. Now, this uh, uh, chapter one of Samuel, the 30th, rather, First um, Samuel chapter 30, is, has multi facets. There is an announcement section, and there uh, is a uh, problem section, and then there is a decision section, and there and then there is a jubilation section. There's just so many things here as it relates to you and I, and God will take us through the entire process if you hang with us. Amen. 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 We're going to value God's rich word. All right, but first of all, let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time, this hour that you've given us to gather around your word. Lord, we pray today that you would speak expressly by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence. Speak to us. We desire a rhema word from God. We desire to hear what the Father is saying right now from heaven. Breathe on us. Breathe on your people, the church. Breathe new life and revive these bones and cause them to live again in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for being faithful that we're in the house today and we pray for all those that are not here today. For whatever reason, those that are sick, Lord, we pray that it is by the stripes of Jesus that they be healed, delivered, loosed from every shackle and chain and set free. We give you praise, Father. Lord, we pray for Sister House. We pray for Minister Tanner. Lord, God, those that have contacted me, let me know. Lord, we pray for them in the name of Jesus and for the others that are out. We give you praise and we thank you, Lord, for their deliverance. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. First Samuel, the 30th chapter, first Samuel 30. We're going to start right here. Uh, normally we would just read the entire, but I'm just going to read just this part of it. And then we're going to go back for the time that we have today. First Samuel 30 chapter, verse number one reads like this. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women uh, captives that were therein. They slew not any, neither great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Stop right there for a moment. Let's look at the announcement section. What's happening here? David and his men were out doing their best trying to serve the Lord. David was running from King Saul, running from the armies of Israel because Saul had it out for him. He was jealous, envious of David. David is the next king and Saul did not want to give up the throne. So he purposed his life to kill David. And so he's running, and, and now David has run into the, into the enemy's camp. He's run into the enemy territory, the Philistines, and he's living there among the Philistines. And so now, prior to this, in uh, chapter number 29, David was there um, with the other kings of the Philistines, and David was going to actually fight with the, with the Philistines, fight with the enemy army against Israel. He was actually going to go, but they said, no, we don't want you with us. At least when we get out to battle, you change your mind and start fighting with, with Israel against us. So, no, we don't want you. Go back. And so David and his men go back to Ziglag. This is the place that the Philistine commanders, Philistine king, uh, gave, um, gave to David and his men to dwell. They gave Ziglag to David, King David. To dwell, he and his men, he and his 600 men, along with their families. So we see here that David is returning home after being disappointed that he's not going to fight. Thank God for his mercy and grace. Amen. And the thing is, to David, you see in chapter 29 that David was quite distraught that he, they, that he was told to go back home. He wanted to fight, but the Lord's hand was in the matter and he did not. And so he sent them back home. And when they got back home, they came back home to they came back home to this site. They they found out that their wives, their sons, their daughters uh, were taken captive by the Amalekites. They were taken captive and their home, their city, their place of dwelling was burned with fire. Can you believe that? Can you imagine that? Let me bring this home to you just for a moment. Let me bring it home to you. Here is David. He's out really trying his best to serve the Lord. He is the anointed king. He is God's favored one for the people. And he's out just trying to do his own thing. But when he gets back home, he discovers that his wife, children taken captive and all that he has burned up. It is if you are here at church trying to serve the Lord and you get back home and you're um, and someone is kidnapped, taken away. And your house is burned up. Can you imagine that? Not only David's family, but the families of the other 600 men. They're coming back home to this site. 
They see their houses burned up and none of the people are there and they are distraught. And an enemy army, the Amalekites, have come in and taken them away. Now, let me bring this a little bit further. We're going to look a little bit deeper into the text now. Now, we understand here again that David, to help you really understand and bring it closer to you, uh, we understand that they lived in Ziglag. Now, Ziglag, the name Ziglag means winding. Can you say winding? Winding. So David lived in a winding place. It's kind of like driving there on Centerpoint Road or, or some other curvy road, winding road. When you're living on a winding road or when you're driving down a winding road, that means that you don't really know what's coming around the next turn. It's very unexpected. You don't know what's up ahead. If the road was straight, you could see ahead of you. You know what's coming. But around the winding road, you're always encountering something that is unexpected. Sometimes something good, but most of the time something bad. It's It's an unsure place, an uncertain place. And so David is living in uncertainty, uncertainty, living in an uncertain place. Has anybody ever lived in an uncertain place? You don't know where things were coming good, where things were going to go bad. It was just so uncertain. You don't know what's around the next corner. You're just hoping and praying that this month it'll be okay. Uncertain, living in a winding place, winding place. You want to live in a straight place, but you're living in a winding place. And so David is there. His family is there. His fighting men are there living in the winding place, a very uncertain place. And the Bible says that he, his family and all the other, the families of the men that were with him, uh, they were taken captive and the place was burned by the Amalekites, by the Amalekites. Now the name Amalekite means people of lapping, people of lapping, just like a dog laps water. The dog's tongue is long and it and it strikes and strikes the water and then his tongue forms something like a spoon. It, it forms the shape of a spoon. So it goes down and it it uh, spoons the water out and it throws the water back into the back of the dog's mouth. And this is done repeatedly. The tongue goes down, it forms a spoon and it throws the water back in the dog's mouth. This is a people of lapping. Why are y'all smiling at me? I'm just telling you what the Malachites mean. This is a people of lapping. Well, what does that have to do with anything, Pastor? Everything. Everything. Because this is exactly what the Malachites did to his home. They swooped in, they scooped the people out, and now they're throwing them back to devour them. Why weren't any of the people uh, destroyed? Because like a dog that laps, he scoops in first and then he brings back. And later it is devoured or consumed. And so David knows if the Amalekites are keeping the meaning of their name, David knows that his family does not have that long. His family is now being held captive. Now to be held captive means that your will doesn't matter anymore. Now you will do what the captor says or you will die. 
Now you're in bondage. Now the person is in servitude. Now you will get up when they say get up. You will go to bed when they say go to bed. You will do this and you will do that. You have no choice. It is if someone uh, or it is if our family is caught up on drugs or, or caught up in alcohol or caught up in a bad situation, they are no longer in control. And so when you left them to do what you say the Lord called you to do, when you left them to go and provide for them, because David and his men would go out and they would plunder different cities, they would get the spoil, they would do things, and they would bring that back to their families. When they left to make a living for their families, their families were fine, but when they came back, they found that the family was now under the control or dominion of the enemy. And it was only a matter of time before the family would be consumed. Things were fine, but they're no longer fine. So home destroyed, residents destroyed, families taken by an enemy army. The family is now soon enough about to be consumed. And there's only moments before that takes place. So David comes back to this situation. He comes back and he learns that his household is in disrepair. His household is being consumed by the enemy. The devil has been in his house. And so he's faced now with something great. Are you hearing? Now let's look a little bit further here. Let's look a little bit further. Verse number four. Then it says, then David and the people, how do you think they reacted? When you sing this devastation, there's fire, there is smoke, there is char, and, but you don't see any bodies around. Nobody sees any bodies, no wives, no children, nobody. And surely if David and his men had been there, that would not have happened, but they weren't there. When the heads are not in place, when the head of the house is not in place, here comes the enemy coming in now. The wives, I'm sure, tried their best to resist the enemy army, but there's only so much that the Look at there. There's only so much that the, the wife and children can do. Are you hearing? So what would they do? They're going to have to wait. I can, I can almost hear them saying, oh, I wish he comes home. Oh, oh, I wish he was here. I wish he was here. If my husband were here, if the army was here, if, if our husbands, our fathers were here, then this would not have happened. But the husband or the fathers were not in place. And when the heads of the household are not in place, the enemy can come in and plunder the home. This is why I tell every head of the household, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to seek God for your family. You have a responsibility, even as Job, um, even as Job got up early in the morning and he pleaded the blood of Jesus or the blood of those animals or, or he, he presented the blood of the uh, sacrifice to God. Every day he presented the blood of sacrifice before the Father for his children, for his family. He kept his family covered. And I admonish every head of household, keep your family covered. Because in these dark hours that we're living in, the enemy is approaching. And it's like a roaring lion seeking how he may get in. The wives and the children can only resist for so long. Are you hearing me? You know, I tell any young lady, any young lady, my daughter included, any young lady that is looking or looking or maybe one day be married, make sure that he knows how to provide a proper covering for the house. Amen. Amen. Not just that he got a couple of dollars or he got curly hair. 
He got muscles and he got curly hair. Ooh, I like him. You're going to need a lot more than that. Can he do warfare on your behalf? Can he lay hands on you? Will he anoint you with oil? Will he apply the blood of Jesus for the house and ask God to forgive you and cleanse you of the sins? I can't get no talk. But it's okay. We'll go on. So in... At this sight, David comes in verse number four. It says, then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Until they had no more power to weep in verse number five. And David's two wives were taken captive. Abinoam the Jezreelite and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite uh, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and for his daughters but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God Amen. Amen. now hold there for a second because that talks about a decision. Verse 4 says again, he says the people wept. They lifted up their voices and they wept. Not just one or two tears. This is talk this wept is talking about a deep groaning, a deep a deep groaning, a a deep travailing. A deep travailing. And they travailed and they wept and they wept over the loss of their families. They travailed and they wept over the loss of their families until they had no more power or strength to weep. They couldn't cry anymore. Has anybody ever been in that position where you have cried and cried and cried and you no longer have the strength to cry? You just can't cry anymore. You're all cried out. Like Lisa Lisa just said, uh, you know, way back in law. I'm all cried out. <laughs> all right. Let's get back. That's old school. Don't worry about it. You're all cried out. You can't cry anymore. Are you hearing? In other words, they knew loss. They knew that they have lost. There was a loss and they grieved for their families. Let me tell you something. Unless we grieve for our families, you won't recover them. There must be a grieving. There must be a grieving. Because the more you grieve and travail for them, the closer you get to recovery. But if it doesn't bother you that the wife and the children are under in the enemy's control, if it doesn't bother you that the finances are under the enemy's control, if, you do, if it doesn't bother you, if you can still take it, that means that you're not grieving. If you don't grieve for it, you will never recover. There must be a grieving process. A grieving, a time of repentance. Lord, I was not there. I did not do what I should have done. I allowed the enemy to come in. I did not hear your voice. And he came in. There must be a grieving process. There must be time of repentance. And so they grieved until they had no more strength. Literally, they couldn't do it anymore. They grieved over their wives. They grieved over their children, the loss of their children. They grieved, and, and the Bible says that clearly that David's wives were taken. And the Bible says here, now this is very clear in verse number six, and it says, And David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, so the people are talking about, let's go kill the king. Here's one thing. When hurting people, when people are hurting, they want to hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. And because they were hurting, they wanted to hurt David. We were out here doing this because we were following your advice. We were following your command. We were following your leadership. I was not home, pastor, because I was following your leadership. Oh, my God. I was following your leadership and I was not in place because I was following you. But listen, even when the leader may make a mistake, praise Jesus. If he is still following Christ, Christ still has his back. Are you hearing? And so they're about to stone up David. They're about to kill him in a very horrible way. There's talks about this and David and David hears this They're They're talking about him. And uh, and so he's in a very bad, very bad place. Very bad place. And he's in a very pivotal point. This is a very pivotal point of David's life because he could have begun to blame himself with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. He heard all their negative talk. Yeah, you're right. It's because of me. He could have let their evil words, their evil faces. <laughs> he could have let their evil words. You know how people look at you when they're mad at you. Yeah. Some of y'all need to look in the mirror. <laughs> you know how the people look. Their evil words and their, their faces and their, their attitudes when they think you did something. Their evil words, their attitudes, their faces, and their actions. He could have let all of that sink into him and remain right where he was. But instead, he made a decision. The Bible says um, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. The word encouraged there means to prevail. It means to strengthen. It means to be strong, to become strong, to be courageous, be firm. It means to grow firm. It means to be resolute. In other words, he was determined. Instead of allowing himself to have a pity party and agree with what the enemy was saying, he decided that that moment right there, whether he was sitting under a tree or sitting in his tent, he decided right there, I'm not going to let your negative words or the situation, not even the smell of smoke and char around me, I'm not going to let all this stuff get to me. He became resolute. He made a decree. And the Bible says he, 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 He encouraged himself in the Lord, meaning that he began to reflect on the Lord. And I believe maybe he began to say even the words of Psalm 25, uh, Psalm 25, verse one and two. It says unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul? Oh, my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not thine, let not mine enemies triumph over me. I can about hear David saying that. Lord, don't let me be ashamed. I've been trying to serve you, trying to go to church, trying to pay my tithe, trying to give my offering, trying to read the Bible. Don't let me be ashamed. Don't let them say that I have served you in vain. 
I've been trying to serve you, trying to do the best I can. I realize I made mistakes and I made a mistake, but don't let my enemies triumph over me. Don't let that happen, Lord. Don't let it happen. I believe also in Psalm 46, verse 1, it says, I believe David would also have said, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And even Job began to declare in Job 14, the 14th chapter, verse 14, he says, all the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. David had a resolve. I believe he was beginning to declare, declare these words unto the Lord. And I love Psalm 27, verse 5. It says, for in the time of trouble, this was a time of trouble. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Psalm 37 verse 39 says, but the salvation of the righteous is the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. I'm sure he was saying, God, you are my strength in this trouble and I receive you. And even in the New Testament, for us New Testament believers, Psalm, or rather a prop. Uh, Hebrews 4, 16 says this, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace uh, to help in the time of need. I can come boldly and I will find the help that I need from the Lord. Uh, Psalm 34 says many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, uh, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. And you know, Romans 10, 13 says, but whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he encouraged himself. I believe he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the word of God. I believe the Holy Spirit began to speak to him and he began to speak things out. He began to declare what God had said and what God was going to do in his life. And even on the book of Jude, the first chapter, listen to verse um, 24, as we encourage ourselves and cause ourselves to rise. Verse 24 says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. God is able. And here we're getting now into the title of the message as we're beginning to close right here. God says, get up. God says, get up, get up, get up. And I believe that's what the spirit of God was saying to David, even at that moment, don't allow yourself to be consumed with all the negative around you. God says, get up, get up. God is able to pull you out of this situation. He is able to pull you out of the trouble. He's able to pull you out of the hard time. He's able to pull you out of the torment. He's able to pull you out of the hell, out of the pain, out of the suffering. God is able. God is able to do this. But listen, even if he doesn't, he is still able. Even if he doesn't, he's still able. Even if he won't, he's still able. Even if if you live, he is able. If you die, he is still able. If you win, he is able. If you lose, he is able. We have to be a people of a, of a mindset, even that David had, that we're going to praise God on the mountaintop, or we're going we're gonna to praise him in the valley. We're going to praise him with money. We're going to praise him without money. We're going to praise him when we're happy. We're going to praise him when we're sad. We're going to praise him in the valley. 
We're going to praise him in times of war. We're going to praise him in times of peace because God is able. And we will not, we refuse to be overcome in a negative situation. God says, get up. You have to get up. Once again, the Lord says, get up from where you are. Get up from where you are. Because now you're about to take possession of something even greater. He says, get up. You've got to get up. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you've got to get up. So again, this is a very pivotal point for King David. And this is also a very pivotal point for you today. Will you be overcome by the bills, overcome by the negative, overcome by the forces that may invade your home, overcome by the forces that may invade your job, overcome by low numbers or either bank account or even attendance? Or will you rise from where you are? Will you get up and encourage yourself in the Lord and declare God hath not failed me and he will not fail me? I know the Lord is with me. He said he never leave me. He never forsake me. And I know that my faith and trust and God is not in vain. I know my living is not in vain. I have not prayed in vain. I have not sought him in vain. I have not given in vain. I know as I call upon the Lord, he shall hear me. He shall answer me. God says you must get up. Shake yourselves from where you are and arise from where you are. Shake yourselves once again. Shake yourselves once again. Shake yourselves and arise to a place and God will use you in great and mighty ways that you've never seen before. But you must arise from where you are. You must arise. Yes, you're still living in a winding place. Yes, it is still uncertain, but praise should still ring out even in that place of uncertainty. Are you hearing? Oh, let's begin to close out. David was at the point and you are at the point of whether you will live or whether you will die. Whether you will sit there and willow and and wallow rather in pity and throw a pity party and say, and my life is so bad. It's so awful. Get up from that place. God's promises still apply to you and he is still faithful. He is faithful. God is faithful. But instead of doing that, David got up and encouraged himself. David made a choice to get up and to believe God again. He made a choice. And the next thing he did, as you see here, as we're beginning to close, I won't get through all this today. The next thing you see here in verse number seven. The Bible says that, and David said to uh, Abathar, the priest, he said to the priest, now this is a wonderful thing here. He said to the priest, in other words, he goes back to the church. He goes back to leadership. He says to the priest, um, he says to the priest, And he tells him that I want you to bring me the ephod. Bring me the ephod. In other words, it's time for me to pray and inquire of God. And he brought the ephod to David. And then we see in verse number eight that David begins to inquire of the Lord. He begins to ask God and he asks God. Now, here's a point that we're going to really 
stop here today because this is a critical question. Now, all this has happened. Now, listen, before David asks this question, he's about to inquire of God. He comes back. He's the anointed king. He is in favor with God. And he finds his family gone. And he finds his, the village in ruins. And everybody's weeping till they have no more strength left in them. They've cried till they can't cry anymore. And now the people are talking about killing him. Everybody's blaming him. You have been you have been in that place before where everybody blames you for everything. No matter how hard you try, they blame you. No matter how hard you seek God and you try your best to serve the Lord, they still blame you. And they're talking about stoning him. But he did not allow himself to be consumed with that. Instead, he begins to declare the word of God. I believe he begins to encourage himself. And then he begins to seek God once again. And he asked God a question here. Listen to verse number eight. It said, and David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Two questions. Shall I pursue after this troop? First question. Second question. Shall I overtake them? Stop there. Stop right there for a second before we read any further. Your family is taken captive by the devil. Well, not yours, someone else's family. It's taken captive by the enemy. If you're in that shape, would you ask God, shall I go after them? Shall I go after my family? Shall I I go? Do you want me to go after them? It seems like this question would be unnecessary. But David is in, he's in so much, he's in tune with God. And he knows that his very first step before he goes, before he makes any decision is at the throne of God, the father. Even in the face of all this heavy emotional distress, he still inquires of God. He still acknowledges God as his source because David could try to go after his family without God. I wonder how that would end up. But understand something. David asked God, shall I go? Shall I go after them? Shall I pursue them? Shall I overtake them? Shall I? The word pursue means to run after. Shall I run after them, God? You want me to do it? But here's the hard thing about that. He's asking God. And and to ask God means that he may say yes. But what if he says no? And this is the hard question. He's putting himself in a position for God to say no. But I love my family, Lord. What if God says no, don't run after them? Then what? No, don't go. Then what? Will we still yet serve the Lord if he gives you an answer that you don't like? Will you still yet serve him? Will you still yet worship him if he tells you something that you don't like? Shall I pursue this new job, God? Shall I pursue that, God? Can I get this car, God? Can I do that? No. Then what? David places himself in this position. He Now he seeks God, and God can either say yes or no. I can't get no talking here. 
He says, number one, shall I pursue them? Shall I run after them? And number two, shall I overtake them? In other words, is my running going to be in vain? Because I can go, Lord. I can go. I can pursue. I can go after. I can be real nice. I can do this and I can do that. But is my running going to be in vain? Am I going to catch up with them and overcome the enemy? Shall I pursue and shall I overtake? Because you can throw a whole lot of money at stuff. You can throw a whole lot of time at stuff. Doesn't mean that you'll ever recover it. Shall I pursue, Lord? And shall I overtake? Am I going to overtake this? Am I going to get this back? He's putting himself out there. See, I love this because he's, David is throwing himself on the mercy of God. See, you'll only do this when you know that you don't have the power to get things right. We realize, and then you, I pray you'll come to the point as we close in the next three minutes or so. I pray that we'll all get to the point where we realize, as David did, I can't do anything without you. In David's question, shall I pursue means, shall I go after them? And it is, there's also an underlying thought in here. Are you going to go with me? Are you approving this? Because if you're not going with me, then I'm just going to slaughter. It's not going to work. Shall I pursue this? Shall I pursue my family? Shall I pursue this business? Shall I pursue this ministry? Shall I run after this? We can go full steam ahead. I'm not sure how many of you have ever run full steam ahead at something. Full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. And you didn't catch up with it. You just ran in vain and nothing happened. No fruit. Nothing happened whatsoever. He says, shall I pursue? And then Shall I overtake? Am I going to actually catch up and win this back? And the Bible says this is what the Lord's answer is. This is one for the Lord's answer is to him. And he answered him, pursue. God said, go. And then he said, for thou shalt surely overtake. He said, you'll surely overtake them. And without fail, say without fail. And without fail, recover all. In other words, you cannot lose. Without fail, you're going to get everything that was stolen from you, everything that was taken from you. Without fail, you will recover all. You cannot lose. Cannot lose. But how did he get to this point? He had to inquire of the Lord first. Because we can get in the place where we think, oh, the situation, there's a problem. Oh, I'm going to go. We snap to action. There's a problem. They're hurting. They're in trouble. I'm going. And you're going your own strength, and sometimes it ends very badly. But instead of that, let's stop as David did and inquire of the Lord. Shall I go? They need their rent money paid, Lord. Shall I go? And is this going to overtake the problem so next month they won't ask me again? They need another $5 for gas, Lord. Shall I go? And is this going to overtake the problem so next month they won't ask me for this again? Instead of pouncing on the problem, let's inquire of the Lord first. And then he will give you a sure word of victory or not. 
We're going to stop there for today. Let's give God a hand of praise. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Father, we release this word. I release this word before you, O God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that it is planted in good, rich, fertile ground that will produce a mighty harvest. And Father, I pray we get to the point where we will weep, where we will wail. We'll weep and wail over what has been taken, over what has been taken from us, stolen from us, that we may recover all without fail. Well, well, that's it, my friends, for this recorded message. Thank you so much for hearing this audio CD. Now, here's the next step. Take the CD out and share it with a friend. And don't forget, there is a QR code that is quick response code on the front of the CD. Well, you just take your smartphone out and you scan that code. And guess what? You'll install the Kingdom Rock app right on your mobile device. And in the Kingdom Rock app, uh, it's available, of course, in the Android market and iPhone. And you can have the web app if you have another type of phone. Well, once you scan that code, you'll have access into our entire archive of messages. There are probably hundreds or thousands of messages there that you can hear. And they're made new and fresh, uploaded fresh every single week to the glory of the Lord. So I want you to take advantage of that. It's going to be a blessing to you. All right. Well, before we go, I want to just say a word of prayer over your life. And I pray that God will richly bless you. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Oh, wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, I thank you for my friend that is right now listening to this audio CD. I ask you to bless them and cause your light to shine upon them and cause them to see better days, cause them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And Father, I pray that the power of darkness will be broken off of their lives and that they would see Jesus plainly, brightly, and victoriously in their own lives. Bless my friend today, I ask, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you know, here's a good time to do it. So just continue to play the CD, and I'm going to lead you in the prayer of salvation. And of course, there is no magical words, no magical words that will get you into the kingdom of God. But this short prayer of salvation can start you on the way. Then after we're finished praying, do me a favor. Look for a good local church, a good Bible-believing local church that will help you in your spiritual growth and development. Get baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I pray that you will be filled with God's precious spirit. And remember, if you're ever in the Bremen area, you're welcome, more than welcome, to stop by and worship with us. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., just check our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, are you ready to pray? Let's pray. I'll pray for you and then you just repeat after me, okay? Father, your word declares that those who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. So Lord, I'm bringing my friend to you right now, regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they have done. I know that the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf and you want to forgive them. You're waiting to do it. And I ask you that you would hear us as we pray. All right, my friend. All right, come on, let's pray together. And just say with me, Father, 
I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have fallen short of your plans for my life. But I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is a savior of the world. And I may not know how everything works, but I do believe. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to fill me and to make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I need you and I thank you for washing my sins away and making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe that that is the start of a wonderful relationship between you and God the Father. Continue in His rich word and join us next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio. We love you now. God bless you.